This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Our new book, Highs, Lows and Decanios, is now on general sale, just in time for Christmas. Myself, ex and West Ham Way writer Sid Lambert relived the madness of being a West Ham fan in the 90s. It was a decade where football changed forever, thanks to the Premier League. But what didn't change was the agony and ecstasy of life at Upton Park. In Highs, Lows and Decanios, we cover everything. The managerial madness of Macari, Bonds and Redknapp. And we also remember the colourful cast of characters who played in Claret and Blue, like Julian D. Marco Bugas, Florin Radichoyu, and of course, the one and only Paolo Di Canio. It's all there in our new book. So if you want some 90s nostalgia this Christmas, go to thewestamway.com forward slash shop and get your copy of Highs, Lows and Di Canio's today. You listen to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. Out of the cup and 16th in the Premier League, all on the back of what has been a very disappointing week for West Ham and one that sparks a discussion about David Moyes. Is he the right man? Does he deserve more time? Is our poor form circumstantial? If Moyes does go, who comes in? Lots to talk about this week before getting news from X and answering questions from Patreons of the West Ham Way. X, we both spoke about the importance of ideally winning both games this week before we go to the World Cup. We didn't win them. We lost them. And as a result, we're at the League Cup and we sit 16th in the Premier League after 15 games. It's fair to say we've had better weeks, haven't we, mate? Yeah, definitely. It's not great at all to be going into the um, World Cup period now, as we are with those defeats and the league table looking ropey and, and uh, sort of period of form that we're on looking really poor um it's not good you can't hide from it there's there's no two ways around it and obviously everyone at the club um wouldn't have wanted this to happen it has and now we're in a, in a bit of a difficult situation particularly Moyes where 
uh, it seems like a large percentage of people have turned on him now and a lot of people want Moyes out. So, yeah, it's not great at all. And it is what it is, though. We've got six weeks now to collect our thoughts, try and move on and try and sort it out. That's, that's all we can do. Mm, I want to start with Leicester. What did you make of the performance itself? Um, it was better than the performance against Palace. Yeah, I agree. It was the same team, but it was a better performance. I think Declan got it right in his interview. If we'd taken our chances and not given them such easy ones, which is an obvious thing to say, but we would have we would have won the game because for the large majority of the day, I would have said we were the better team. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the score doesn't lie, and and we lost two 0 They took their chances. The first one, you know, Madison's free in the box, just puts it away. Obviously, they missed to penalty as well and then mm. the second is the counter attack that's exposed us again I think Fabianski was slow off his line you can't see it on replays but where I was in the ground um, I think he sort of went forward hesitated a bit and then went forward again and then was in no man's land so two two mistakes of the goals that we conceded obviously could have been a third and and it's just not going for us at the moment. And, and that's the worrying thing because we need it to. We need to be more clinical. We need to take chances. We're not taking chances at the moment. And we need to make sure we're more solid and deal with the counter-attack better. And I thought, as I said, I thought it wasn't the worst performance we've had. I would have said it was one of the better ones in, in recent weeks. Um, but but the result doesn't lie, does it? We've lost again. Well, it doesn't. And, and I'd make you right. I think it was better than the Palace performance. But it counts for fuck all if you lose the game. It is as mm. simple as that. And generally speaking, we just don't look like we want it anymore. Yes, there were pockets where we were decent in the game um, yesterday. There were. But I don't know. I look at it and I think we've got a bigger and better squad this season. But the desire to win isn't the same as it's been over the past two years. And that's a real concern for me because more often than not, we start so painfully slow. I mean, this is a talking point on a podcast on a regular basis. It's almost like we need to go behind before we show up. We're just not proactive enough from, from, from kickoff. And that drives me absolutely mad. And I just think, again, generally... This season, we're flat. There's no intensity, no desire. The same old cliche stuff that you expect to see from a team in a rut, basically. And when I look at the body language and the facial expression and some of these players, they just don't look like they're enjoying their football to me. The team just looks lost. I mean, individual errors, that is a constant this season. We're far too defensive, yet not good enough defensively, which which is beyond annoying. Not yeah. enough quality in the final third. Set pieces have gone to shit for some reason. Yeah. And, we're, and we're not having this discussion being five games into a season X, we're approaching a halfway point now. I mean, how wor- worried are you? Yeah, I mean, I am worried, 100%. Very worried. And like, I think, like you said, the set pieces, God knows what's gone on there, but I can't remember the last time we scored a set piece, whereas we were getting regular goals and chances from them, and we should be getting even more. When you think we've got Scamacher in the mix now as well, six foot five forward, we should be taking more chances, but our crossing just seems to be appalling, both from set plays, where we rarely beat the first man from a corner, and from crossing. I keep saying the crosses 
for some reason. They just float them. They get down the wing and they float the ball in. And it's so hard to create an opportunity from that because if you take your time and, and, and slowly put it in, the defender's got a chance to reset his position and get it away and get it away from the goal. Whereas if you whip that ball in with speed, as the defender's running back, you know, ricochets can happen. Forwards are at their best when they're reacting instinctively to things. You know, keepers don't can't predict where the ball's going to go. Crossing, for me, is a, is a massive issue. As you said, there's too many underperforming players as passengers in the games regularly, and those passengers seem to have been given um, loyalty, which players that are performing well don't have. And I'm talking, obviously, here is Suchek and Ben Rama. I think Suchek, yes, he's been subbed off in the last few games. Actually, in his defence, I thought he played all right against Leicester. I wouldn't say it was his worst game. Um, and then you've got Ben Rama, who's clearly one of our better players this season and our most likely outlet for an attacking opportunity. And he seems to treat him um, like with so much negativity all the time. Uh, I, I think the, 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 there's massive concerns, massive concerns. But the thing is, what when you talk about the body language, one thing I would say in slight contradiction to that was at the end, all the players were sat on the pitch for the majority of them and they seemed gutted. And I do think they put effort into that game against Leicester so much that when Declan did his interview, you know, he said that. He said, you know, you see that we support the, the manager and we want to get out of this because of the effort we put in. I think he was right. I think they did try hard. They're just, they're just not performing. And I, and I do believe, something to consider. And I know it sounds like I'm making excuses, but it's something that is commonly said in football. When a player comes from abroad with no experience of playing in the Premier League is always hard. You know, the Premier League is such a unique league, pace, physical, different to your Italian league, your German league, your French league, and so on. Um, and we've brought in, if you look at our four record signings, or our four, sorry, our four big signings of the summer, and I guess you could even include Ariola in this, although obviously he has played in England, but you look at it, you've got Piquetta, our biggest signing, never played in England before. Um, you know, his career's been in France and Brazil and Italy. Then you look at Scamacca, whole of his career in Italy. Then you look at um, Aguered, I don't know, I guess Morocco, but France is where most of his career has been. Then you look at Kera, you know, Germany and France. For him, the four of our main signings had never played in, um, in England before. So it does take time for them to settle in. And, you know, I'm not excusing them because I'm disappointed with them, particularly a couple of them. Um, but that is a factor to consider. You know, there's a factor to consider that Cornet and Aguerd have been injured for the majority of the, the time they've been signed. And I think Moyes based a lot of what he wanted to do this year around Aguerd. You know, he was the first signing he made in the summer. He was the one he got over the line first. You know, he was going to play a different system, possibly. And that disrupted things. And, you know, and I also think the loss of Mark Noble is something that is, is a factor as well. Now, you, when you put all of these into one, you can see that this is a difficult time for West Ham. And West Ham have prepared for it. Moyes has already said... Noble said it, I think even Declan said it, that they prepared that this season was going to be a tough one with all those transitions. But that said, that said, that doesn't excuse some of the basic things that I think we're doing wrong. So so it's a, it is a worrying time, is what, is what I'm trying to say in a long-winded way about it, but it is a worrying time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to clarify around the body language, 
it more relates to the enjoyment as to whether they have any emotional attachment to West Ham. I'm not disputing that. Um, I just think that when you don't enjoy your football, and we've seen this during dark times at West Ham, then what slowly follows that is a lack of confidence. And if you get a lack of confidence, you almost don't want to be out there in front of 60,000 people making mistakes. And that's what worries me about these individuals and, and how I see them in their body language. Because it is, it's it's like we're in a bit of a rut at the moment. And um, I, I, it's interesting to hear you make those counter-arguments because I wanted to talk about Moise's press conference after the game. Um, and then I wanted to present a counter-argument for David Moyes. And you actually listed pretty much everything I was going to say. But okay. let's go back to David Moyes, right? Now, I've picked out just a few quotes from his press conference that he said, right? And they're in bullet points in front of me. Disappointed, but much improved performance from last week. Okay, we could probably give him that. Um, performance today was encouraging, um, I find that slightly worrying. Yeah. Players today worked unbelievably hard. I think unbelievably hard's a bit of a stretch, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And and this, for me, is possibly the most alarming thing that he said. Prior to this week, our home form has been very good. Now, we've won three games at home all season in the Premier League, and they came against Wolves, Fulham and Bournemouth. So, for me... Parts of what he's saying there is delusional. It's either delusional or he's doing what he does very well and just trying to bring some calm to what is a bit of a concerning time at the moment. But on the flip side, another quote that came from the Preza was, when you're trying to grow a club, when you're trying to build a club, it takes time. And this is the counter-argument for David Moyes at the moment. And again, I've had these in front of me, but you've pretty much already listed them. Eight new players coming in with different personalities and different qualities. The club captain, who was a big voice in the dressing room, has retired. Some big characters that played a part in the camaraderie have moved on. Stuart Pearce was highly thought of by everyone at West Ham. He's not there anymore. And Mark Warburton's come in. Um, which, to my knowledge, wasn't David's choice. So there, there does seem to be a lot of calls for Moyes to be sacked now. But when you look at what he is contending with, are we actually lacking a bit of sympathy and empathy with Moisey? Should we not be showing him a bit more patience and a bit more respect? Yeah, I understand why people are, are very adamant that it's Moyes out because the form hasn't been great at home. Like you say, I'm surprised he said that. Or it hasn't been good for a while now. Europe aside, you know, we've not really set the world alight. Um, this season certainly and um and you can also throw in the fact there's been a few results that luck played a, a factor in as well and if we'd got if we'd got six more points let's say if we'd won at forest which i think we should have really and we'd got a draw at chelsea then the, the two that stands out so that's four points you had four points to the tally that we've got now and the league looks completely different really um but yeah, I understand people being frustrated with him. I really do. Um, I think a lot of it is probably people that didn't want him to take the post in the first place. So it's like two years they've accepted he's done well, but they've gone back to previous thoughts possibly. And I and I I personally I know I'm going to get shit for this, which is why I'm trying to word it because so, the. The, the problem is the people that are most adamant about getting change are usually the most vocal. Like there was one, there was one poll or there was something on our, yeah, it was, I don't know what it was, is when I put the man of the match award out for the Leicester game and I had people underneath that telling me it was inappropriate, that I don't understand the fans, blah, 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 because I kept a, a tally on there, which we've done ever since we had patron, whether we win, lose or draw. And I think it's very immature to say, can't put a poll out because we lost. I mean, 
anymore. And people would say we shouldn't put any content out because of it. I mean, what do they want us to do? Put a black, a black page over Patreon every time we lose a game. I mean, it's ridiculous. So we are talking about a team that are actually in what well, you said 16th in the Premier League. So the 16th best team in the country at the moment, looking at the league that have got a cup run. You know, what would, what would you do if you're a team that was, you know, the, the West Ham of the 90s? You know, you look at the season we went down then. I think we won three games all season. and won one of the seasons, something like that. <clears throat> so, so you know, it, things have been in a lot darker place. And yes, we moved to the stadium for things to be better. But it is... In my opinion, it's a it's a bit it's a bad time. It is bad. You can't deny that. But I think I just think that it, people are maybe being a bit too quick to want him out and want someone in. And I'll tell you why. Firstly, because I don't think there's anyone out there. People say, oh, Tunchel, Pochettino, but I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be able to get those. And I'm pretty sure we would have almost done a bit of research as to whether we would have be able to or not. That leaves maybe the Celtic manager, who's good but never managed in the top divisions. Maybe Brentford, but is he going to walk out on them when he's got a cushy job there? You know, there's there's not many options. The players have came out and said that they support him, which I was surprised at because I wasn't convinced that they all would. But Declan has come out and said that and said that the fans, sorry, the players do support him. I think, I think at the end of the day, this season was always going to be a tricky one with that many new players, with Mark Noble going, having been at the club since 2003, Stuart Pearce, all of this, it was going to be that. If you look at Moyes' record, he has this occasionally where they finish 17th, 16th at Everton, and then the next season they do well. I'm not saying I would give him that much time, but I, I think... I think just on the basis of what he's done, he deserves a bit longer because we got rid of him before. We got this big name in and Pellegrini. Look what happened there. We had Bilic in. Look what happened there. You know, we had Allardyce. Look what happened there. It, it always, you know, we always wish for something better, but that something better isn't proven and isn't guaranteed to come. Um, so I, I'm going to get slaughtered for that opinion, but I do think personally you should give him a little bit more time. I think January, February maybe. Obviously, if we lose the next four games in a row, I think his time's up. But I would give. Are we going to lose Arsenal? But the next two or three after that and see where we are then. And people will say, you know, you've got six weeks off, so it's the perfect time. I've had that argument thrown at me a couple of times. I don't think it is because you're missing Piquetta, you're missing Rice, you're missing um, uh, Kerra, you're missing Areola, you're missing the spine of your team. So whatever you set up and you do right now, not knowing the players, you're not going to have your key players there. Um, you're not going to. Ha- you're not going to have a Gwedge. You're not going to have Kone. You know. You and also you'll be getting to know the players on the fringes. And almost building a relationship with them and not the key ones that are going to be starting. So I actually don't think it's a great time for someone to come in right now. I think what you need is a manager to come in when things are bad and have the impact that Emery's had. You know, Aston Villa, for example, he didn't have six weeks to prepare anything. He came in and once suddenly when a change is that quick, it makes people sharpen up their ideas um, and not become complacent. So I actually think the best thing to do, give January and a bit of February, see where we are then and if it's still as bad as it has been then a change is made then he's definitely a victim of his own success without a shadow of a doubt i mean expectation levels have increased massively from west ham fans because of the two seasons that he's given us that coupled with the fact that we've spent 170 million pounds and suddenly west ham fans are thinking we could seriously be challenging for the top four now because we've got everything going for us so when 
we see the absolute opposite. Um, it's almost like there's a crisis. It's like, well, how can David Moyes, with this squad of players, with that amount of money being spent on the back of two solid seasons, not be reaching our expectations? And if he isn't, then he's got to go. Um, so it's 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 very cutthroat. It's a results-based business, as we know. But there is definitely, unquestionably, an argument for keeping David Moyes, at least in the short term. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge that argument. I I do. I think there is a case. However, it's a real concerning time for him at the moment. One thing that I wanted to ask you, and maybe I'm I'm looking at this through claret and blue tinted glasses, right? I don't understand why we couldn't get the likes of Pochettino or Tuchel. In your opinion, why do you not think we are good enough for them? Well, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know whether we could or we couldn't get them because I don't know if we've approached them or not. My only, you know, people, you can, you can argue, um, you can argue as much as you want, but we can get him or we can't get him. None of us actually know the actual answer to it. But as far as I understand, and I could be wrong here, the Tunchell's waiting for a national team job, possibly. So it could be, I heard it could be England, but it could be Germany, I guess, after this. No one's going to want to take the club before the World Cup, I don't think, personally, because, you know, that's going to present opportunities for, for positions and stuff. And also, all those people say it's a great time to take over. They're not. These people probably don't want to take over when half the players aren't, aren't there. Um, so I'm not sure whether they'll take it for that reason. Also, no, Pochettino's been linked with Manchester United previously. He was the Paris Saint-Germain manager. I think, you know... There's going to be other clubs of a, a bigger stature than us that might go in for him. And I think I just, you know, from what I've heard from speaking to people in the club, and it isn't the ultimate top people who would know the answer, but from what I've heard, they don't seem to think these two would come. So I don't know why they think that. I don't know if they have actually even spoke to them and possibly found out the answer. I don't know. But speaking to people in the club about the situation, as I did this morning, before the show and yesterday, um, no one seemed to think it was possible. And it, you know, of course, if you throw money at, at something, you might be able to get it. But what you got to remember as well, the club is potentially, potentially, and I don't know whether it will happen or not because from what I've heard, you know, David Sullivan doesn't want to set up, but there could be a restructuring of the club in 2013 when, if the club is sold or percentage ownership changes then we have to give back a percentage of money to the Olympic um, organisation. I mean, it's 20%. We have to give back to them if we sell the club. Um, so, so realistically, the club is in a, a difficult situation anyway. In terms of it, it's like, like, like you know, it's not clear what the, the, the situation is going forward. Any change and any situation is more likely to happen after that point, I would say, um, and, it, and it makes sense too. And the managers probably know that. If that's if that is true, the managers probably know that and, and would rather hold on. And, I, you know, I'm not sitting here as David Moyes' biggest fan. I think there's serious question marks. His man, management mm, of there certain is. players. Yeah, certain players. And obviously the results are definitely, definitely questionable. But we've been in worse positions. We're not in the relegation zone. I know we're close, but we're not. Um, we are still in the next round of the Cup. When we will be up until March, because obviously we've now bypassed the playoff in February. If we can have a, a good period after all these players have come back, 
And Mark Noble returns to power. Don't forget, obviously, he comes in to his role from January. So we've got him back in the dressing room. I just believe he's been given a little bit more time. We don't want to end up getting a reputation like Chelsea, for example, where we're so cutthroat with our managers. Chelsea are already talking, apparently, about getting rid of Potter, who would actually be someone that I would consider going for, and I think we could get if he left Chelsea. But... I don't want us to have this reputation of just getting rid of managers like that because that's when it makes it even harder to get other managers because why have they come to you? I personally think I personally think there's a lot of work to be done. I'm almost writing off the Arsenal game, but the two or three games that come after that is really important to see where we are then. And then if things aren't where they should be, then we, we need to make a change then. And I don't think the argument that it should happen now with six weeks is, is valid, in my opinion. And I know lots of people believe that. Lots of people have said it back to me, and they're probably screaming at me <coughs> as I'm saying this. But I genuinely think if you take half the squad out, which is your best players, what are you working with there? It's not. It's much better to come in and have an instant impact, I think, than have to wait six weeks before you can have your first game. Yeah, no, I can totally understand that. Um, I mean, if, if Tuchel is, is looking for an international job, then fair play. But, you know, Pochettino's been kicking his heels for a while now. Has he got something lined up? Is he waiting for something? Because he's not in employment at the moment. Um, Bielsa is a name we've spoken about before. I mean, by all accounts, Leeds fans still pine for him. He's a legend at Leeds. I know it, it, it sort of uh, went tits up towards the end, as it often does with every manager, even Jose Mourinho. Cry, how many times it gone tits up with him? It went tits up with Bielsa, but he's a legend at Leeds. Um, that's he's a name that we've mentioned before. I, I just look at West Ham again. I, I know I've made this case before, and maybe I'm naive, but Deck even said it himself individually. This squad of players is probably the best West Ham squad I've seen in my lifetime. Deck even said that about his, I think, in his lifetime, and certainly players that he's played with. I think that's a that's a true statement. I mean, we are a squad of international players. We've got the best defensive midfielder in the world. We've got Brazil's number 10, Italy's number nine. When he actually gets back into form, we've got Jared Bowen, who's who's been part of the England setup. You know, you look at the, the back three of the back four, outstanding defenders on their day. They're not having enough of those days at the moment, but I think they are outstanding players. Look at the likes of Ariola as well as a goalkeeper. He's not even first choice. So we've got these players in that massive stadium in the nation's capital. I'd go so far as to say, how many more boxes do we need to tick before we actually get labelled as a sleeping giant? Well, why are we not exciting? <laughs> Potentially, what? Why is the agent of Pochettino not saying, "Look, get on the blower to to Golden Sullivan and see if there's a conversation to be had"? Because I, I I would see that West Ham as such an exciting project. The board have proven, and we hope it's not a one season wonder that they will back the manager and they will pump a few quid into it. But do you know what? I'm not even sure we need it. I'm not even sure that manager needs it. If Pochettino or someone of his ilk comes in and just gets the best out of what he's got, you're going to see a change in results massively. Because for me, I think we need to spend money on a world-class left back. We need to spend money on a world-class central midfielder. If we was to get those two players, because by the way, I'm not writing off care at right back yet. I know a lot of people are. But if we was to get those two players in those two positions, fucking we're up there, in my opinion. We really are. Yeah, but we, yeah, definitely. But mate, when you when you are you make that argument and you make that argument for Pochettino, Pochettino's just managed managed Paris Saint Germain and got the sack. So you don't get better players at Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, but I think I think that's why that's why 
we would be a realistic opportunity for him. If he would have smashed it and won a Champions League with PSG, then we're having a different discussion. I don't know why it hasn't worked out for him at PSG. But what I do know is that he smashed it at Southampton and he absolutely smashed it at Tottenham. He took him to a Champions League final. He took him to second in the league. He's a young manager. Didn't win anything. It's, no, I know. I know he didn't win anything, but then I'm trying to get the right realistic balance of elite level managers versus potential elite level managers. Now, Pochettino didn't win anything at Tottenham, but fucking hell, he overachieved with Tottenham. And if he overachieved with West Ham, maybe we will come close to winning something. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you say he overachieved at Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham was still in the same place pretty much where he left them. I mean, the thing is, when, when well, he left... I, I don't agree with that. They got to a Champions League final when they finished second in the league. I can't see Tottenham doing that again, can you? Well, I don't know. They're right up there in the league and they're right up there in the Champions League as well. But who knows? It's hypothetical. But when he when he left Tottenham in 2019, he was out of work for two years and two went to Paris Saint-Germain. Why did he not take another job then? Or maybe his stocks were higher. Maybe the Paris Saint-Germain job has reduced his stocks. But, you know, maybe he's thinking about being Argentina's manager. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't maybe. Know, I, I don't know what the answer is. And, you know, there's, you know, he hasn't, um, as far as I'm aware, um, he started his career in Spain. But he hasn't, you know, other than he, he's managed Southampton, Tottenham and Paris Saint-Germain since then. Maybe he wants to go back to Spain. Maybe he thinks he could get the Madrid job or the, the Barcelona job or whatever. I, I don't know. I've never spoke to him. I don't have any sources close to him. But all I know is that West Ham have hinted to me they think it'd be hard. But by all means, you know, are you saying now that if you could guarantee, guarantee that Pochettino or Tunchell as the two main examples will take over tomorrow, you would sack Moyes? If they were a genuine option, yes. Okay. I would. Now, now listen, I, I personally don't think they are a viable option. I'm just doing this for the benefit of the podcast. The reason I don't think they're a viable option isn't because I'm going to contradict myself and say that West Ham are not an attractive proposition for them because I genuinely believe we would be to any manager. I genuinely believe that. The reason I don't think they're viable is on the back of spending £170 million in the transfer window, I can't see David Sullivan saying, OK, let's spend more money releasing David Moyes and all of his staff and spend a shitload of money on a new manager. I just cannot see him doing it. And well, I actually don't blame them for doing it, to be honest, because, you know, you have to get a bit of quality control on your finances as a club. Yeah, I don't think you will. And also, you've got to bear in mind, he brought in Rob Newman. Everyone was saying, we want Rob Newman to have an impact. We want Rob Newman to sign some players because he didn't sign anyone in January. They've mm. given them the summer where they brought in eight players or whatever. And then with it by November, all of that recruitment would have been David Moyes and Rob Newman's combined effort with sat the manager. So mm. would, would, the, would the new manager that comes in want Scamacca and Paqueta and whoever else, you know, I, I, I like I said, I, I'm, I'm not even going to read the comments on this podcast after the show because I know there'll be the, the most vocal ones hammering me for saying he deserves a bit more time. But I just think when you've achieved as much as he has overachieved for us, you know, you've got to think under Bilic, under Pellegrini, um, we were in relegation battles. We were, we were pr- pretty much going to go down until Moyes came in and he's taken it from that to two European um, 
seasons. One where we finished in the semi-finals of the um, Europa League. Yes, we're on a bit of a bad run. Yes, some people are arguing it's been for a year now, but ultimately we still got within that year to European semi-final. Um, we are in transition. I just think another month or so. And yeah, if we're still if we're in a bad way, which we will be by then, if we've given him that amount of time, we'll probably be in the relegation zone. We should have the players for a good manager to come in and get them out of that relegation zone quite quickly. And I honestly believe when managers have the biggest impact is when they come in and they get the ball rolling right from the start. You know, they come in like Emery has, like managers do when they get sats and you guys come in, they have that instant impact. I think this whole six weeks argument is just not, it's just, it just doesn't to me is not the right answer. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think, Moyes deserves that personally, and that's that's what I'd say. And and what you're going to go with um, is the players. And I I'm surprised by what Declan said. I thought there'd be more um, indication that there's trouble within the players, but according to him, maybe there is X. Maybe he's lying. Yeah. Maybe With respect to Declan, maybe he, he feels that he should just say the right thing at the right time. Quite possibly, and I have heard, I have heard of things. You know, I'm not going to say them on this show because it's not right for me to to say too much on this because I don't want to disrupt the momentum of what, what well there isn't a momentum at the moment but I don't want to put any more negativity out there but I have heard that there's been the odd thing here and there where players have questioned decisions but ultimately I think as Declan said they did try they were trying to win that game at Leicester they hadn't down told you know they were fighting to try and get that result they didn't but they were fighting for it I just think um, that's 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 a good sign, and I think you give it a month, as I said, and then we reassess then. And yes, we've wasted a month of getting other results, but we'll still be in the, the Europa League. Uh, sorry, the Conference League. And for me, the Conference League and the FA Cup are the priority this season. Uh, West have got to start winning something sooner or later. And if we end up finishing 12th, 13th in the Premier League, yeah, we win one of those. I'm 100% taking that. 100% taking it. And then next season, once the players have had another year to settle in, plus you've strengthened even further, then you'd hope to retain a better league. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Look, I, I like David Moyes. I really do. And I'm thankful for the last couple of years. But to quote Mad Dog, and to be fair, he's right. On the last show that we've done with him, he said during his uh, live on-air argument with Thomas Suchek, <laughs> it's uh, it's not about what you did yesterday. It's about what you do today and what you do tomorrow. So I don't think we can keep hold of this emotional attachment to what was a really good couple of years under David Moyes for the rest of our lives. 
by keeping him in the job, right? For me, the reason that I would hit that button and have what I would class as an elite level manager or close to it over David Moyes from tomorrow is because it's not just a case of we're playing well, but we're losing games. There's question marks over his man management. His style of play sets up so defensively against teams that we should be comfortably beating. I don't understand that. There's big question marks over him tactically, his substitutions, for example. I think his general philosophy on football is quite negative when it shouldn't be. This is all this season, by the way. And I just don't think he's getting the best out of the players that he's got. It's not representative. Yes, I understand that it takes time for these players to bed in. I do understand that. But the results are, are still not good enough. And yeah, I just I think collectively, agree. as much as I like David Moyes, and as much as I honestly, I would love him to prove me wrong, turn it around and take West Ham to the next level and be here for the next five years. It'd be amazing. I have genuinely, as much as I don't want to, I've lost confidence that he will do that. I think for me, he has a bit of an air of doom around him at the moment that I've seen so many times. I've seen with Billich, well, with Pellegrini, with Allardyce. I think there's an air of the writings on the wall a little bit. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope I'm wrong. To, then you need to come out and say he should be sacked. Because if that if that's the case, if you believe there's that much doom, that much problem, all of the all of the problems you've just listed there, why on earth are you saying give him a bit longer? You're because the the, the, the reason I'm saying give him a bit longer is because if the likes of Pochettino, Tuchel, and Bielsa are not an option, then Bielsa, who do you bring in? Bielsa would be an option, I'm sure. I'd take Bielsa over over David Moyes. Okay, so then you're Moyes out then now. If, if there is a better option than David Moyes, genuinely, realistically, that can come in tomorrow, yes, I am Moyes out. If okay. there isn't, and we are looking at gambles, like, for example, Scott Parker, or give Mark Noble the manager's job, I'm Moyes in. Bielsa would take West Ham, why wouldn't he? He took Leeds in League One. I, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. I, I think he would do. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing murmurs that he's he's potentially going to be getting a job somewhere soon. I don't know, which is why we should probably act quite quickly. But I, yeah, I think Bielsa, if you look at his career in football, it's very credible. And like I say, he's a legend at Leeds. It went tits up. They were shipping goals left, right and centre towards the end. If you sweep that under the carpet and actually take the vast majority of, of his credible career so far, I think it would be a good option. Because you're not saying the same thing about Moyes. Why are we not sweeping the last few results on the carpet of him then? Because the problem is, I think we're seeing these problems that I've listed consistently week in, week out. He is coming out and he is criticising... Oh, so he's in with Brazil, whatever his name is. Who? The Leeds guy, as you did with him, when he was at at Leeds, you saw the same problems every week. No, listen, I don't know what the actual nuts and bolts of the issues were at Leeds. All I'm looking at is he's done very well with Leeds. They loved him there. But for some reason, he was shipping too many goals. So then he lost his job. I don't remember him coming out publicly slagging off a player before he's even kicked a ball or criticising a player that apparently can't speak English properly. I don't remember him being boring with his play and being negative and overly defensive or there being question marks over his substitutions or not getting the best out of his players. In fact, you could argue he overachieved with players. Players were overperforming based on the talent they actually had, thanks to Bielsa. So, uh, you know, I'm saying sweep those results under the carpet and give them the benefit of the doubt because I never saw, maybe he had them, but I never saw behaviours that I see in David Moyes every week that lost him the job. Maybe he had them or maybe it was just results and it was his time to go. Quite possibly. And, 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 you know, I'm not sitting here as David Moyes as, you know, biggest advocate. I'm not. But if you look at the league table, 
yeah, and, and it doesn't look great. We're 16th, but but mate, we're seven points away from seventh place. And uh, at, the, at the, the end of the day, the teams are so close together and the teams are so inconsistent. A, a few weeks ago, everyone was writing off Brendan Rodgers. Everyone was. You know, Geese, Leicester should be sat. They have a terrible job there. They're now on a resurgence to the point where they're, they're literally five points off Liverpool and six point, uh, no, sorry, seven points off Manchester United. Anyone below Tottenham, there's a five-point gap, is inconsistent. Look at Chelsea. Chelsea have got rid of their manager and they're only seven points above us. Uh, and this is Chelsea. You know, Liverpool are only eight points above us. Everton got, you know, Frank Lampard. They're, they're, um, they're on the same points as us. Leeds, you know, a point above us. Bournemouth, everyone's saying, what a great job he's done. They're two points above us. Um, you know, I just I just think personally, like I said, it, it's, it's... That's all it's, well and good though, X, but we're not playing like a side that is going to close that seven points to get closer to the top six or whatever it is. We're playing like a side after 15 games, by the way, not five games, 15 games, that are going to be closer to the relegation zone than the top six. So That's the you, problem. When are you saying we've started to play bad from? Because the minute, the minute on this podcast, many a time, we've sat here and said how unlucky we've been all season. Yes, so but now, now I'm actually getting fed up with saying that. Yeah, At the course. end of the day, we have been unlucky. And and sometimes when a manager loses his job, it is circumstantial. Sometimes results don't go your way. But there's only so many times you can say, we wasn't clinical enough. We were unlucky. Yeah, yes, I, I was all over that on the first game of the season. Yes, I was all over it on the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth. But now we're at 15th now. And okay. again, we're seeing these behaviours from David Moyes that isn't suggesting that he's going to turn this around anytime soon. Okay. I'm, I'm getting bored of the excuses now. Yes, so am I, and it's a results-based business. But I'm looking at the fixtures now. Manchester United, well, when we lost 1-0, okay, we came back from that game. Um, although, obviously, we did do a podcast after that one, but Mark and I, when we did the podcast, was, and I know you thought we were unlucky because we, we obviously had the... We were with each other, and so we said we were unlucky in that Manchester United game. Yeah, we were saying, "Oh, it was. It, we should have got something from it." We were unlucky. We played well. The game before that, we beat Silkborg. The game before that, we beat Bournemouth. The game before that, we lost at Liverpool when we played well as well. We should have got something. So really, and then after the Man United game, we won three 0 in Romania. So really, the only games that we are saying that we played really badly, and and and, and it's a rut and it's awful, and a Palace game. Yes, that was terrible. The Blackburn game, which we lost on penalties and were the better team, which we should be against the championship side. And then the Leicester game. So really, we're talking three games, really. If you're talking about this rut that you think we're on and that everyone else thinks we're on, if we take it, yes, I agree. You can't keep saying it's unlucky, it's unlucky, unlucky, because it has to turn from being unlucky to being a problem at some point. But it was that Man United game that we were saying, even up to that point, we're unlucky. So three games in a week, yes, poor, very, very poor, but three games in a week is about to wipe out two and a half or whatever it is, seasons of being a successful team in many people's yeah, but then, eyes. But then could you argue, okay, we were unlucky, yes, we were unlucky, yes, we were unlucky, or actually, has it got up to a point now where you think, was we unlucky or was we actually just not good enough? Yeah, yes, maybe. we should have beaten Nottingham Forest. Is that because we were unlucky or because we missed the penalty and we wasn't clinical enough to put the game to bed? Yeah, and it's all well and good saying that with hindsight, but at the time, we were saying we were unlucky. That was our verdict after that game, as it had been right up to that Manchester United game. So yeah, all I'm saying, yeah, all I'm saying I, think, I think you can use that for a couple of games. But when, of course, you know, but if, if we're now... 
We're now 15 games into a season and the bottom line is we're 16th in the league. Yes, we're smashing the Europa group, but so we fucking should be because they're, they're all too bob in that group, let's be honest. So if you look at the you look at the other domestic competitions, we've gone out in a fucking third round at home to a championship side and we're sitting 16th in the fucking league when we, we we're actually... I, I say, you say, well, we've actually only played badly three games. I don't think that every other game we've played really well in. Well, that's what we said. Well, I, I sat on this podcast and said we played really well in every not, other game. So the, the 12 of the games this season, we've been... Not necessarily really, really well, but we've said that we were unlucky. We'd said yeah, it on yeah, And there, there were games where we've been unlucky. But actually, now it's got to a point where that luck just doesn't seem to be changing and it's excuses after excuses now. I'm getting fed up with the, the, the unlucky card. I can, okay, so I can I. suffer it for the for the first few games, but when we're now borderline halfway through the season and we're we're doing diabolical in the Premier League, it, it don't sit with me anymore. I think I actually I'm looking at it now, thinking, you know, we play defensively, but we're not good enough defensively. We're not um, clinical enough when we've got Brazil's number ten and Italy's number nine in the side. Uh, our set pieces have gone to shit. So who 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 is responsible for this? And actually, it does it does bring me to the next question, X. There's so much conversation around David Moyes. How much responsibility do the players have to take for this? How oh, yeah, how loads. much do they have to be held accountable? Loads. And so what would a new manager necessarily be able to get the best out of all these players that are that do need to be held responsible? Where's Thomas Suchet been all season? All season. Where's Shafal been all season? Where's Paqueta? Since he turned up, you know, he's done things defensively better than I thought he would, but attacking-wise, what's he offered us since he's been there? You know, you've got to look at them, and yeah, you can blame the manager, and I do blame the manager. I think the manager's not got the best out of Piqueta at all, and I don't think he's got the best out of Skamaka. I'm sitting here with massive doubts over him, mate. I really, really am, but I think, I just think... I don't know. I've said it before. I'm just repeating what I was saying. I just think he just deserves a bit more time to see if we can turn this round after those six weeks. And I'll hold my hands up and I'll say, yeah, we should have sacked him. And eventually, people that call for managers to be out will be right eventually. And you'll get the people that said, oh, I told you he should have gone. But then, you know, you look at people with me with Hilaire. When I first started saying I don't think Hilaire should, is good enough, I really don't. I got absolutely slaughtered. And yes, eventually it turned out that he maybe wasn't the right system or whatever but it got turned out to be to be the right answer and you can only go on what you feel at that time and so you know it's the benefit of hindsight eventually anyone that wants a manager out will be proven to be right eventually because every manager gets the sack eventually but I do believe in order to be fair to boys to be loyal to boys to be loyal to these players that may have joined the club because of boys I'm not saying they did do but I don't know but all these you know Paqueta might only be here because he bought into David Moyes Scamacher might only be here because he bought into David Moyes. Maybe their opinions changed over time, but they're here because they're Moyes' signings. If you then sack him this quickly, and realistically, mate, you say the league is diabolical, but we're you know there's 20 teams in the league. We're sitting two places above relegation, which yes is nowhere near where we should be, but we are seven points off being in seventh place, eight points off Liverpool. You know, you know that would be. We've sick. also been shit this season. Yeah, and they have as of all of them, and this is the World Cup as well is a massive factor. A diabolical was. A strong word, so I, I might I might retract the word diabolical, but it, it's it's been shit. 
Of course it has. Um, but this league, this season is an absolute joke. Why the fuck is there a World Cup taking place on November? Like, you know, the players have basically gone on World Cup duty now on the 14th of November till the 26th of um, December. You've got players like Piquetta that would have no real loyalty to West Ham yet because he's only just joined us. But he would certainly have loyalty to playing for Brazil in the, in the World Cup. Same as Kera. You know, Declan's already expressed that you know he wants to win things. So obviously, I'm just speaking what I would imagine. In his mind, the World Cup is more important to him, I would have said, than than anything West Ham are going to do this season. Then you look at Agued, you know, what loyalty he's loyalty is going to be to get fit for Morocco. Same with Ariola. This season is an absolute car crash having that World Cup in it because players are trying to avoid injury. They're trying to avoid, you know, like, I don't know, whatever. To, but they, all they're doing is to get to that World Cup. We don't know what's going to happen in that World Cup. He gets that World Cup. England might do absolutely terrible and then any club with um with an England player is going to suffer massively because their confidence is is ruined or you might get Paqueta goes to the World Cup and breaks his leg you know this is such a strange thing to have in the middle of the season and I and I personally think you know with all that all of the arguments you listed earlier as, as as things to protect Moyes, plus the fact that the World Cup, which wasn't mentioned, I just think the man deserves a bit longer. Look at John Lyle. John Lyle's argued to be West Ham's best ever manager, and yes, times have changed. This much quicker need to get results now. But John Lyle got West Ham relegated twice, and yet, yes, he won the FA Cup twice, but he's still regarded and finished third in the league, regardless of one of our best ever managers. If he had been in, the, in what people are doing to boys now it'd have been gone within a few weeks of not even been relegated it'd have been gone where after about three or four poor poor performances and i just think that Moyes has that has been here creating a plan for the future with Moy with the owners sorry with with um newman and if you end it so quickly i just think it's too soon as i say i'll i'll own up i'll own up in february when he needs to be sat if he's lost all those games and i'll say he's got to go now but i think you need to give it a bit more time to make that judgment 100 percent confident because again if you sack him too early and you bring in a new manager that results start being poor under the new manager that's more negative than because the players will be like why did we sack boy why we've got this guy in he's even worse and that creates an even more negative run than if if you're the players that everyone's convinced that Moyes needs to go and I'm not sure that they are convinced he needs to go at this point I'm not sure I'm not I'm also not convinced that they think that he should be staying I mean again mm-hmm. I don't know this is a real difficult one for me because yes I'd hit that button if there was an elite level manager that can come in but again and I know it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence and stating the obvious unless there is someone that genuinely excites me as a as an alternative to David Moyes, then I am Moyes in. I would give him the same time as you would. Because um, the three managers, mate, without me, I'm just doing this for the benefit of the radio. And of course, you know, this is just a debate where I'm play, putting a cat amongst the pigeons a little bit here, but you're listing three managers that you would see as replacements for, for Moyes in Brazil, or however you pronounce it, Tunchel and Pochettino, all three sacked at their previous clubs. Um, Pochettino sacked when he's managing the likes of Messi and world superstars. Tunchel at Chelsea, where he was given 100 million, which he spent on Lukaku and then loaned him out. Out, um, the next season um, played with no strikers for a lot of the time would he get the best out of Scamica and Piquetta <laughs> you know that's debate he hasn't done anything in England the one job he had in England he was sacked within a year uh, and 
then you took him as you know, he got Leeds promoted from the championship, which was a great achievement, and he kept them up from relegation. Is that a good enough manager for West Ham? Well, I also think that again, I think I mentioned this earlier, you almost need because when when these when these managers were at their peak at whatever time it was, whether it was last season with Chelsea, whether it was I don't know, three, four years ago with Tottenham, right? They were deemed as elite level managers. At, at some point they have been, right? But yeah, I think you won the Champions League with Chelsea. Well, it, it, exactly, exactly. But exactly that. But at some point, you almost need a bizarre ending to PSG for Pochettino to allow the likes of West Ham to be linked with him. I'm just saying that I'm not going to write off their entire career based on how it ended at PSG or how it ended at Chelsea, for example. I've seen enough in their, in their philosophy and what they have achieved with their respective clubs to think they could do something exciting with West Ham. That's what I'm saying. And I think they would be a more exciting proposition than David Moyes. I would love David Moyes to turn this round. I just, in my heart of hearts, don't think he will. And the thing is, you talk about John Lyle, the modern game has changed so much from what it was back then because of the amount of money that's at stake now. If you get relegated, it's financially potentially catastrophic for a football club. So owners do panic now. The, the lifespans in football now are less. Typically, you might have two or three years as a manager at one football club now, and then you do move on. Maybe players get bored with the same training sessions. Maybe when the culture of a football club changes, i.e. the likes of Mark Noble goes and Yarmolenko goes and the Jokers and the camaraderie leaders go, then maybe it's time for the club to change from the top. Maybe that is it. Maybe Moyes has been great for West Ham. But the club just needs a change and, and needs to be taken in a new direction. And I just think, whilst their records aren't flawless, I think Tuchel and Pochettino and Bielsa would be a better alternative to David Moyes moving forward. Yeah, and I, and I think if you were to turn around and say to me, to contradict myself now, right, Pochettino would take over tomorrow, I think I'd be more excited going to the Arsenal game and the games after that with him as manager than I would be with Moyes. So I do see that argument as well. I, and, I, and I'm not sitting here as Moyes' biggest in person, but unfortunately, as I've said with any argument, whenever there's a sort of... Oh, mob rule is the right word, but whenever there's something anti-establishment or anti-what is currently in place, those voices that want change are often a lot louder than the ones that are happy to give the situation a bit more time. So you'll see that on our Patreon. Anyone that dares try to stick up for boys, and it's the same on Twitter, is absolutely slaughtered for it. They really, really are. And this happens in politics. You know, if you try and... I'm not showing what political party I vote for, uh, but if you say that the Conservatives are in power, that uh, if you try and stick up for them, all you'll get is absolutely slaughtered by the opposition, and it'd be vice versa if Labour in charge. So whoever's in in charge or is the current gets the slaughtering. And I'm just trying to bring a more balanced argument to this show and say, really, is it as bad as the hysteria? And hysteria is the right word that some people are showing. You know, I've had like I've had people message me on Twitter and on Patreon saying we don't want any more content until you tell us Moyes has gone. Like, what what is that about? You know, that's just over the top. It really, really is. I think 
we all care about this club. Dave and I care about this club probably as much as anyone because not only do we go to all the games, but our, our livelihood depends on, on this club. So obviously the, the better West Ham do, the better for us. So of course, you know, if I thought there was an instant solution to make us better, I would be saying for that. I will, I promise you, if we've played, let, let, let's look at these fixtures so I can speak with actual accuracy on who we're due to play. I know we've got Arsenal on Boxing Day, so I am going to count that one out because of the fact that Arsenal are the best team in the league randomly this year, which again, no one would have predicted. Who would have said that Arsenal was sitting above Manchester City and Liverpool as comfortably as they are? You know, Man City lost at home to, to Brentford the other day with their players. They've got is Guardiola under pressure now. You know, what what is the, the measurement here? But looking into these West Ham fixtures, count out Arsenal, right? So, say we play Fulham on the 17th of December, we don't, so I don't know where that one's coming. Oh, that's the friendly, isn't it, right? Yeah, so West Ham v Brentford, we need to win that game, even though they have just beat Man City, we need to beat that game. West Ham away at Leeds, we need to get a result there. West Ham away at Wolves, we need to get a result. And West Ham at home to Everton, and then we play Newcastle, which I think Newcastle are going to get Champions League spot this year, so probably count that out away. So that's one, two, three, four games there with... Possibly the FA Cup game at the end of that as well um, on the 28th of January. Those five games are your judge. And then you can say accurately, you know, West Ham out of those games against Brentford, Leeds, Wolves and Everton. Realistically, we need to pick up, I'd say, nine points out of that 12. If we've picked up one, two, maybe even three, then you need to definitely reconsider. But you've got that game there. And then the new manager, you bring in at that point and you can say, look, you've still got the Europa League. You've hopefully still got the FA Cup. You've got plenty of time to turn this around the league this season. Keep us up, but have a good cup run. And that's your prerogative for this season, and it's not—it's not the end of the world. I think just Moyes deserves that amount of respect. So let let me ask you a question, right? Because uh, on this show, I have, uh, like everyone has, I think, listed what their concerns are specifically when it comes to his management, right? So you look at man management straight away. Um, yeah, and there's I some agree red with flags. all of them. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, hang on. So there's red flags behind the, the man management treatment of Ben Rama, treatment of Downs, taking Skamaker off at half time. I think was a bad move tactically. I think it can be too negative. Substitutions at times can be bizarre and not used in the right way. Isn't currently getting the best out of his players, but you can say it takes time to bed in. Set pieces were brilliant and was. A real strength of ours now it's gone to shit we always start the game too slow if you were David Moyes' agent and you were having a, a, a meeting with David Sullivan now and David Sullivan says I want you to list what you currently do do right and do do well as a manager what would you say and, well, and, 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 and I don't want nostalgia to play a part in this answer because again to, to quote Martin it's about today and tomorrow not what you done yesterday, because he yeah, has that, done a great job. But, yeah, but then, why is he the man to take us forward? Okay, well, firstly, to address Martin's comments, I'm going to be honest, and I'll say it to his face, that contradicts everything he says, because he, <laughs> said, he, said, he says the reason why we can't turn on David Moyes is because we finished this in the league, we beat this team, we, we played, we did this, we did that. He always refers things in the past. So to mm. use that quote now, I don't think, I understand why you are using that quote, but yeah. I don't think Martin can use that quote because most of his arguments are about things that Moyes has done in the past that make him, um, you know, the right person for the job. So I'm just going to say that firstly. But, mm -hmm. but, but second of all, 
obviously it's harder to pick what you're doing well at the current time when you're losing games. Of course, that is the case. Um, but, you know, Moyes, his arguments are going to be uh, the stuff that I've already said. They're going to be the stuff that players need time to settle in, that, you know, we've brought all these new players in, that we've had the World Cups disrupt things. I've had injuries to my best, my main signing. You know, he's only just came back. I've got Cornet, who I think is a real talent that's, that's barely played and the likes of Skamaka would be um, much better off having him in the team. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be arguments to, for him. But they're say. all circumstantial, though. So are you saying that the, um, the counter-argument for David Moyes is circumstantial in terms of signings, injuries, etc., in, as opposed to naming specific qualities about his management? What well, makes him a good manager? Well, what makes him a good manager is the facts. And I'm not he, saying he isn't a good manager, by the way. I, I just, I'm interested in your answer. I don't know. I've listed can, reasons why he hasn't been this season. I don't know how you could make an argument without referring to things in the past here because that's your evidence. But your evidence would be that he's turned around a team that was in the relegation zone twice, taken them to Europe twice. You know, when he first came in, I think it took him a while to get going. Maybe it was this second spell from memory. We might have won the first game 4-0 or something in charge. But then it took about three or four months before we started to, to, to get some results again. So, you know, it's hard to reference things he's done well without reference in the past but you look at the likes of you know Declan Declan's turned into a world-class player under his management maybe he would have been world-class anyway but he's brought in he's made him a world-class player he's turned Antonio from a average at the time winger to our all-time Premier League goal scorer um you know he's got players that look like they could that could do well for us. Aguered coming in, you know, Downs, although not necessarily his signing, but there have been signings that have shown already what they can do. You know, uh, but it's hard for me to argue because you're asking me to sit here and argue for someone as if he, I'm like his biggest supporter. I'm not. And I, I all the negatives that you've put towards boys, I agree with. But I, I also think you, you have to acknowledge when someone has done well in the past and we're only talking a small period of time. Again, people will say he's been poor for a season or so, but you, we still got to a European semi-final in that time. You know, we still beat Lyon. We beat Seville in that time. Um, you know, so it wasn't... We should have won bad. that semi-final though, shouldn't we? Oh, we should have. Yeah, won the we should have. Really. Yeah, but then can you blame Cresswell for that? You know, Cresswell got sent off really early on. That's not Moyes' fault. You know, mm. like that's a poor decision from a player that maybe should have been replaced but Cresswell's done alright this season people were calling for Cresswell to be sat, uh, to be sold in the summer yet people are now saying he's one of our best players it's very easy to cast an opinion at that period of time I'm just trying to think long term if Moyes doesn't get the results in those games then you move him on 100% but he, he deserves at least four more games after all he's done for this club. We'd probably be in the championship now anyway if it wasn't for Moyes kicking around, um, we're not struggling to get promoted, which often happens when big teams get relegated. So uh, we can at least give him four games once all the players are back from the World Cup, don't have the World Cup to focus on, have Mark Noble back in the ranks and have been in the club for at least six months. We can, we can spare him four games out of respect. That's my mm. opinion. Yeah, and again, and again, to, you know, because I don't want you to feel like you're alone in this and being a minority. I, I know I'm, I will be on Patreon because, as I said, the vote. Well, yeah, but it's, an, it's an opinion, and it's a very valid opinion. And and j just to back you up, I am Moyes in unless we get 
an overwhelmingly better alternative. I'm not Moyes out and I don't give a fuck if you get the job on Monday because I just can't stand his management. I think I do think out of respect he should be given those four games that you've mentioned. But I also think that if there is a better alternative, well-established, an educated gamble, if you like, then then we should take that, is, is my opinion. Because I just feel that he's taken us as far as he can take us. And I, I'll be the first to shake his hand when he walks out the door, by the way. But I just think we need someone to come in and just rejuvenate and get the best out of these quality players that we've got. And I just, as, mu- as much as it's tight margins in the Premier League, and you're absolutely right with your points differences and the fact that other teams around us have had a, a strange season so far, I still think that it's going to be a struggle for him. And I just can't see him turning it around as much as I'd like him to, because he's a nice guy. He I'm not confident no. he will, but I want enough evidence to know that I've made the right decision to get rid of him. I don't want to get rid of him tomorrow, bring in some... I don't know, whoever it may be, even just to say Pochettino for argument's sake, because Pochettino is your equivalent of Pellegrini. Let's be honest, Spanish-speaking, most of their career, um, you know, uh, uh, the success is based upon other clubs, but was sacked at a top club. Pellegrini was at Man City, Pochettino was at Paris Saint-Germain. Um, so that's your, that's your marker. I don't want to get Pochettino in, have a real terrible season under under Pochettino, get relegated and think, fuck, if only we'd given Moyes a bit longer. I want to know I've got enough evidence that this is the right decision. And I think long term, that sends out a good message to future managers that you will be given the right amount of time to at least try and do your job. Why would anyone... Take Watford, for example. Why would anyone take that job at Watford if you're a respected manager? Because you know, same with Chelsea, you know the minute something goes slightly wrong, you're going to be out. Okay, I think I think four games is not long. In the grand scheme of things, you've still got the Europa League that won't be touched by those four games. You've still got enough games to turn it around. It would only be February. Team, we stayed up, you know, the great escape season where we were down and buried. Again, that was with Kerbishley. I remember he suddenly turned it around, so it can it can be done. You know, we we gave it, that happened about April. You know, so I think if, you, if it's February time and things have still not improved, then you're right, he goes in February and you make sure you get the right person in then. But four games in a grand scheme of what he's done for this club is enough to show him the right amount of respect to turn it around and whether he will or not I don't know I'm not convinced he will either but he deserves at least a chance to Mm, yeah no I agree with you I do absolutely agree with you mate just to just to be clear on that I do um one thing we haven't spoken about much is the Blackburn game I mean how disappointed are you to be leaving the Carabao Cup after round three or do you not really give a shit in the grand scheme of things, it's the least important one of the trophies. However, it's yeah. one that we that we haven't won. And yep. when you look at the next round, the fact that Charlton, I think, are the most furthest advanced London team now in the Carabao Cup, and we're only in the fifth round, shows what an opportunity it was for us to win this. I was disappointed with Ariola during the penalty shootout. I don't think he got near anything. And then you see what Fabianski did at the weekend, you know, great save um, and the penalties. Um, I was disappointed with that. I was disappointed with the overall performance. I thought we played well, but we should have won it. But again, we're playing a championship team. We've given away two soft goals. Could have given a couple of more soft goals away if it wasn't for them not taking them. So I was disappointed and I am disappointed to be out of the cup. Yes, 
yes, we're going to have a lot of fixtures with that and the Europa League and the FA Cup, etc., etc., and the World Cup break as well. So in the grand scheme of things, it's not devastating, but, we, but it is our best chance to actually win something. So, yeah, I am disappointed. Yeah. After the game, one of our patrons, uh, Harry Hamilton, great lad, he tweeted something that made me laugh. He said, this club, we score 11 goals at home and people are still moaning. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. But you know what? I do think, I do think, obviously he said that as a joke, but I do think there is a, there is an element (laughs) of fans that like it when we're doing shit, just so they can moan. I really do. Yeah. I, actually think, yeah. I actually think there are a group of fans that no matter what we were doing, they would say, oh, yeah, we're doing well, but uh, football's not great, or uh, we should have done this, we should have done that. And then the minute, the minute it starts to be a prolonged period of shitness, they love it and they jump on it and it's almost exciting for them to be Yeah, so right. it's definitely the case with some of them, without a doubt. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. But that's um, the darker side of the fan base, isn't it? But uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure we, we one thing that we all agree on, well, I think most of us do, is that we would much rather see David Moyes, you know, turn this round and become the manager that we are wanting to be and take this club forward. Um, it's just a case of will he or won't he? And uh, mm. everyone's entitled to that opinion as to whether he should be given the time. And um, those are ours and you've got yours. Exactly. And at the end of the day, mate, the ultimate people that matter are the board. And the board have already said that he is going to be given time to turn it around so we can yep. sit here and argue and get ourselves passionate about something. But at the end of the day, it's irrelevant. The, the, the only people that really matter in whether it's going to make a difference or not is is the board. And the board have said they're loyal people. Yes, they're disappointed with the results, but they feel that they should that he's done enough to be back for a time period and we back him in the good times and we'll back him in the difficult times. Mm. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said for that, loyalty, you know, that doesn't really exist in the game anymore. So um, it just depends on what angle you take on it, that's for sure. Right, okay, let's see what X has for us this week. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.